GoneMobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Gone Mobile. This episode's being recorded on February 10th, 2015. For this episode, we're joined by Felix Krauss, the developer behind the, the really cool tools called Fastlane. Welcome, Felix. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks so much for joining. So, I mean, anyone who saw my talk at Evolve uh, last year, I guess, knows that continuous integration and delivery is a subject near and dear to my heart, at least. Um, and it, there's a lot of interest in it as well. But at least in my observations, it's far more uncommon in mobile development shops than, than I think it really should be. Um, have you found that as well, Felix? Yeah, right. So this is already standard on for web development projects. So usually developers just commit and a few minutes later the code should be in production. And that's not the case on mobile. Uh, one big reason is the review times from Apple, of course. Uh, but also the missing API. So there's no way to deploy from the command line. And that's, that results in companies releasing only once a month or even only two times a year. Really depends on the company. Um, yeah. Right. So so I guess that's what, what drove you to, to kind of put together these tools. So, I mean, let's just start at at a, a really high level before we dig into all the individual tools that make up Fastlane since there seem to be a lot. So like what at a high level, what is Fastlane? Yeah, Fastlane is a command line tool which, which lets you automate the complete deployment pipeline, the complete release process of your iOS apps. And that means you store all information that is needed to build and release your app in version control, so on the file system, and from then on, you just run Fastlane, and it will do the complete release for you. And that means you will not need one person who, who knows how to deploy the app, but you have everything stored in version control. So it's easy to revert changes back if something changes and have all the knowledge stored. Right, and, and one of the other the things that I, I usually bring up when, when talking about the importance of um, continuous integration, especially with, with apps, is that like there, there's so many variables in you know toolchain versions with you know the version of OS 10 that you have installed and the Apple Developer Tools and Xcode and there's so many variables there that to be using your own personal machine as like the canonical build machine is is kind of mm -hmm. risky. Or on the flip side, you don't take any risks and you don't update to latest betas or anything like that because you're too afraid of of, of risking the the apps that you want to release to the store. So externalizing this stuff to some sort of CI process is, is really important there. Right. So once you set up Fastlane, it can run on any computer, basically, with, with Xcode installed and Fastlane, of course. And the good thing is that it will then run on a continuous integration server. And if the developers have some beta version installed, the actual release will still use the last official version of Xcode. So can we back up just a step and <clears throat> maybe make it clear to our listeners what exactly we're talking about the whole release pipeline and, and workflow? I, I think mm -hmm. it's important because, um, you know, at first you don't understand the the enormity of what you've actually done here. Okay, yeah. So I've worked on various companies and startups and there was one day every developer was kind of looking forward to was the release day. And, well, basically... 
all developers were busy the whole day or even two days just like testing the app, building it, signing it, uploading it, and also taking new screenshots and preparing them for the App Store. And back then it was even more painful when you had to upload the screenshots one by one for each language, for each device type. Uh, it, it got better with the latest iTunes Connect version, but it's still a manual task. And what Fasten ta does, it consists out of uh, six individual tools and each has one specific, uh, one specific goal. And there's, for example, one tool that creates the screenshots for you and prepares them for submission for the App Store. And there is one tool that uploads the generated screenshots, the app itself, and publishes them to iTunes Connect. And, well, usually uh, when you want to release an, a new update, you run into code signing issues or missing certificates, missing private keys. And that's always fun to debug. <laughs> so <laughs> um, the most recent thing that happened to me is when there's a problem, Xcode asks you, okay, do you want me to fix the issues for you? And I said, okay, yeah, cool, let's do it. It will work. This feature has been around for one and a half years now. And I did it, and it destroyed all my signing certificates, which were <laughs> 35 back oh. then. And I said, okay, I don't want to, to repair them one by one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I created another open source tool, which is now part of the Fastlane toolchain. Cool. So yeah, I'd love to dig into like these individual tools. Um, maybe we can just go kind of quick one by one through them and, and talk about maybe how you, you put them together and, and, and kind of what they do. So let's start with Deliver, which you just brought up, which is used to, to upload screenshots. Um, and I guess it might make sense to talk about that in, in tandem with Snapshot. All right. Yeah. So Deliver was, was the first tool I released. And when I initially worked on it, I didn't know I would work on more tools than that. So Deliver was, was the initial release. And it's basically kind of a bridge between your local machine and iTunes Connect. So you can upload app metadata that includes screenshots, app description, URLs, app icons, um, and all that for different languages and for all the device types. So you basically can fill in all information that is required by iTunes Connect. Uh, additionally to that, it, will, it can upload the app the API file for you and submit the newly up uploaded version for review. And with one of the recent releases two weeks ago, I think it also has a test flight integration. So the new test flight by Apple is great since you only sign the app once and it runs on up to 1,000 devices, sorry, 1,000 Apple IDs. Uh, but there is no API, so you still have to upload it manually using Xcode. And there is now a feature called Deliver Test Flight integrated in Deliver, which lets you upload the files for like from the command line from your continuous integration server. So I think that's that's all the features it does basically. And what I introduced with Deliver was the so-called Deliver file, which stores the app metadata, how to build your app, where is the app icon located, and so on. This is a Ruby file. This is very similar to the pod file from CocoaBots, and that means you're fully flexible, like where you get your data from. That means companies who have hundreds of apps with the same core, like the same code behind it, they can fetch the latest app description from a remote server or from wherever they want. Like uh, it's a Ruby file, you can execute your own script. And yeah, and then the second tool was Snapshot, which creates the screenshots for you. It uses your automation 
from Instruments, which is provided by Apple. And this uses the accessibility labels and accessibility identifiers to click through your app and take screenshots. It's uh, Instruments even helps you creating those scripts for you. And well, it will snapshot will take care of running the scripts on all devices in all languages and names them properly, like that it includes the language, the rotation, the device type and so on, stores them in subfolders and deliver can immediately like upload them straight straight from there. Just curious, how long does it take to blow through a whole bunch of different languages and, and everything to run those screenshots? Uh, it, of course, it really depends on the number of languages, right. but on my recent project, it was like only, only three languages for all device types. So it was five devices, all iPhones and the iPad, and it took about half an hour. Okay. So as soon as you have uh, 10 to 15 languages, hmm. which my current client has, it takes forever, basically. <laughs> but this is all time that is saved. Otherwise, you would have to do it manually. Well, you can go grab so... a coffee when it's running, right? So. <laughs> Right, you can even use a computer because all this runs in the background and headless. It oh, okay. won't start so you won't the web even browser. See the UI it, pop up. Uh, you will see it, but it will happen in the background. So you can just work on something else in the meantime. And I had some funny tweets where people tweeted like, "Oh, just submitting an app update to to iTunes Connect while walking around in the office doing absolutely nothing." <laughs> and so yeah, you can do that, and you can run it overnight or you can do whatever you want. So that's that's always a good feeling when you know your computer works for you, uh, doing stuff you would usually do by yourself. Exactly, and I'd be curious to know, like I, I've also used um, UI automation and some things that kind of wrap UI automation to do screenshot generation of my own um, for, mm -hmm. for exactly the same reason of, you know, even just doing one language across like 10 devices or whatever is, is a total pain. and. You know, it's not what it's not what yeah. I want to be spending time on, or any of my other engineers spending time on. Um, but as far as like trying to hook that into our CI processes so that it's even you know running headless on our build server, uh, I, I've often found that UI automation could be kind of quirky, and sometimes instruments doesn't really start up correctly, and it takes a couple a couple test right. a couple like attempts to successfully get through all of this <laughs> stuff. Like, have you run into any of that as well? Yeah. So one bug that really occurs quite often is that instrument won't be able to start. Mm -hmm. So snapshot works around this bug by like verifying the thread is running properly and if not it it can relaunch it. So that works quite well. Uh, the other thing you mentioned is like your automation. It's not not a great framework I guess, so it's quite difficult to debug. So it's a lot of trial and error. But once you get it running it usually works quite well. Um, it's good when you integrate it that you get kind of get forced to implement good accessibility in the identifiers, which you should implement anyway, and you use them. And yeah, the, the, the nice thing is that it runs for all languages and all device types. So you implement it once and run it for all them, all of them. So you basically just made uh, made your snapshot tool really um really able to handle all the times that UI automation gets quirky and then just kind of starts itself over. Right, yeah. It will even verify like if it has enough permission to run. On the first run, you have to enter your password and so on. So it is recommended to run script at least once via like remote desktop connection in case some code signing pop-up comes up or uh, permission dialogues come. And once you did this, you 
it will run by Jenkins or whatever continuous integration system you use. Right. Yeah, I think, um, not to get too off topic, but I think one of my favorite or my, my favorite go-to stories of UI automation quirks that I ran into, I, I guess uh, two, three months ago now, was they were, we were doing test runs of one of our apps and in this one spot every single time, the, the UI would just hang. And it wouldn't hang if you were running normally. It, wouldn't ha it would only run if like instruments started the app. And it turns out that okay. you can really piss off instruments and UI automation by pumping a lot of things into the, the console log. So, so okay. in debug mode, we were logging a bunch of stuff like JSON responses from servers and stuff. And I guess it, mm -hmm. like this one piece of the, the code logged a response just big enough that UI automation and, or instruments rather would just kind of, it threw its hand up and said, we're done here. <laughs> and it was pretty yeah. much impossible yeah. to figure that out. So I was glad I had someone else who, who had seen that before. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not it's not super stable, I guess. Uh, but it's it usually works for just taking screenshots, clicking through some some screens. Um, I've made good experience with this. Yeah. So then let's go into. Um, I mean, you mentioned having some tools around provisioning profiles and maybe like push notification profiles and things like that. Like anyone who's done any yeah. iOS development, like learn the first lesson you learn is how awful profiles are. Like how, how have you right. built tools to, to help ease that? Right, so uh, Xcode has some features built in to help you with provisioning profiles and signing certificates. The problem is that they sometimes like destroy all profiles <laughs> <laughs> and some stuff just don't work. Um, also, it only works with a graphical user interface, so it won't work on, on the continuous integration server. Just in case you add a new certificate, it won't be loaded to your server. So this is why I created PAM and SI, and PAM is for push notification profiles. Well, every year you have to create your own push notification profiles to upload to the server. And you always, like, at least for me, I always Googled for how to create this file, followed the few steps you have to do, like exporting some things on the keychain and running some terminal commands I didn't know what to do, and upload it to the server. And I thought, well, there must be a better way for this. And I just started implementing PEM, and I thought when I would tweet about it, people would complain, hey, <laughs> why do you do this? It works so much easier. But nobody complained. Um, people started using it. So what it does is you run the script, provide for which app you want to create the push notification profile and your Apple account, and it will do all the steps for you. And then provide the PEM file, which you can upload to your push server. Um, so yeah, and the second second uh, tool is quite similar, which is called Sci. Originally, it was called Sign, but some <laughs> some friends on Twitter pointed out Sci is a better name. I think it's and a pretty good name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's also quite simple. You just launch the launch the script, provide the app identifier you want to create the profile for, and that's it. And on all the tools, they all have sensible defaults, so you only have to provide the necessary information. But you have far more options if you take a look at the README. For example, on Sci, you can create profiles for in-house distributions, for uh, development, for better, better profiles, App Store profiles, and so on. Yeah, that, that's all about Sci, yeah. I think. <laughs> so the, the PEM stuff, does that handle um, expired certificates too? Can you renew your push certificates? Yeah, uh, it will do that. You have two slots for push notification profiles, and when you run Pi, uh, sorry, when you run PEM, 
uh, it will use the second slot uh, if necessary and then tells you okay you can delete the old one now you have you have a new profile um, so I didn't want to do any destructive actions in PAM just in case something goes wrong I don't want mm -hmm. a big company using PAM <laughs> and then suddenly not being able to send push notifications so it only creates profile and tells you okay and you can now delete the old one that's probably a pretty safe bet at least to start with <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so the same, f sorry, uh, the, the same for the liver. I, I really didn't want anything to be damaged. So the liver, sorry, the liver will create a PDF summary of the, the metadata it fetched. So what screenshot it found, what app description and so on. And it will ask for approval, like if, if everything looks okay, and then uploads it. There is of course a force flag, which you can use for continuous integration, but you will always get asked before something gets changed. Also, all commands that will execute will be executed, for example, for PEM, will be printed out to the terminal so you can see what happens under the hood and what do the tool, tools actually do in the background. Cool. And, and I guess before we, we jump into maybe some, some deeper details about these, we should just kind of close out with the, the other tools that we haven't talked about that are uh, part of Fastlane. Mm -hmm. So that would be what, Frameit and Product? Produce, oh, produce yeah. Uh, so Frame it is a simple tool, like uh, someone from the from the marketing comes to you, hey, I need screenshots with for the website, and usually want f device frames around your screenshots because they look, look nice on the web page or on print media. So yeah, that's all Frameit does. You run Frameit in the terminal, it will find all screenshots in the current folder and put frames around it. And yeah, that's all about <laughs> that. <laughs> and pretty simple and straightforward. <laughs> And the, the last tool is Produce, which was released just recently, and it only creates new app IDs on Apple, Deve sorry, on the Apple Dev Portal, and on iTunes Connect. So this is used for companies who have like hundreds of apps with the same core and want to automate creating new apps. Yeah, I mean, which is it, it's funny that you, you use that sort of example as the kind of the canonical one, which is is. Ex it's basically exactly the model that I have at work, which is why I've I've been working in in other yeah. ways to to try and automate things, but I haven't gone personally quite as far as as you went, which is why I was very interested in in all the stuff that was in Fastlane. Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Raygun. Raygun is an essential tool for every developer, helping you detect and diagnose your errors in real time, so your team can fix bugs faster. Just a few lines of code is all it takes to get started, and you'll be amazed how quickly you start receiving reports from all of your apps. Why wait for frustrated users to notify you when they hit a bug, and then spend your time digging through log files? Raygun notifies you immediately and with all the information you need. Raygun keeps everyone informed, so whether you have 1 or 100 developers, you'll get everything you need to become an awesome development team. Start your free trial today at raygun.io, and make sure to thank them for sponsoring Gone Mobile. So, so let's dig into to implementation here. Um, so like how, like, like you said, kind of right from the, the start of the episode here, like there's not really any API provided by Apple to do this stuff. Like that, that's why you need mm -hmm. to create the, these, I mean, what I, what I usually call like glorious hacks, like really ways around the, the limits they put in their system. So like how, like yeah. taking, for example, maybe um, like produce and Psy, uh, to start with, like, how did you go about implementing those? Okay, uh, Produce and Sci both use a headless browser, uh, WebKit browser, 
using Poltergeist. The problem with that is I originally wanted to just use a plain HTTP client, uh, but it turned out there were so many things wrong on the dev portal on iTunes Connect where Apple like <laughs> uses JavaScript to do things difficult to, to like do myself. So I decided to just use a headless JavaScript browser. Mm-hmm. And usually that's that's not a really good idea since the website might change. The good thing is that Apple only changes the web page about one or twice a, a mm-hmm. year. So uh, it should be easy to update uh, in June when, if they change something again. Uh, like, yeah, as you mentioned, like Produce and Sci, they, they only use this WebKit browser. And, but for example, Deliver, which uploads the app metadata, uses the uh, iTunes Transporter. Mm-hmm. So Apple provided a tool which is was originally for sound artists, like artists who upload the songs. So it's a Java-based tool, and I'm using exactly this one. So it's built in into Xcode, and I can upload the IPA file to iTunes Connect with it. I can upload the screenshots and most of the app metadata. Not all of it, but most of it. So, um, yeah, so the, the really sensible things and, and the hard work gets uploaded with the transporter and the rest of it, like submitting the app for review, happens with the headless browser again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I, that was actually one of the other things that I, I was going to ask about too. Like I know that th- there are these um, almost hidden tools like like the the iTunes transporter and I know there's a couple others like in the internals of Xcode that technically you have access mm-hmm. to as a developer but they're not necessarily widely advertised um, are mm-hmm. aside from the transporter are you using any of the other ones in in Xcode no uh, no other I, I'm using some some Ruby libraries of course to speed up some things like Pem who deals with private public keys and uh, I use the open SSL gem, which is pre-installed on Mac OS. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not using any other tools from Xcode. Well, I use Xcode build for building usually. Uh, so for example, Snapshot builds your app before running it. Cool. And yeah. as far as like being versatile to, or, I mean, even if it is only once or twice a year when Apple goes in there and updates, it's not like they're gonna they're gonna give you uh, a whole lot of heads up that that things are gonna change. I mean, do you do you have yeah. anything kind of running to to try and detect when things change, or are you just using these tools often enough that you, you figure you'll run into it before others will? Well, the, I originally wanted to implement unit tests for this that run like a few times a day. Uh, the, the tools themselves have a pretty good test coverage. The only thing which is not tested is the, the front-end scripting, of course, using Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I haven't found a good solution since it requires iTunes credentials and some test apps, uh, which I, of course cannot have open source or open source available. Uh, so right now I'm really just uh, getting informed by people complaining <laughs> on my own scripts, uh, like <laughs> failing. The good thing is that there is a uh, like many developers and companies are already using the tools, especially Deliver and Snapshot, which are the most used tools, and. So in case some some minor changes were released by Apple, pull requests are coming in really fast, and I'm pretty sure we will uh, like update the tool, tools really fast once something changes. Mm-hmm. Now, does uh, Fastlane allow you to support multiple iTunes Connect accounts and developer portal accounts? Like, how do you store your credentials when you're using it? Mm-hmm. So. 
uh, it used uh, the built-in keychain from Apple. So on the first run, it will ask you to, to access the keychain. It allows having multiple uh, iTunes Connect accounts and it will then just ask you which account you want to use if you run it. And it will only store the, the password in the keychain. Um, so, yeah, and another thing is with, with Fastlane, there is, you have a configuration file which indicates which Apple account you prefer using for this app. Mm -hmm. So as a freelancer, you switch a lot between different apps and you don't want to specify the, the app identifier and the Apple ID to use every time you run any of the tools. So that's you just store it and then you can just really run Sci or Deliver and you don't have to provide any additional parameters or information. Makes sense. And I, and I think that's probably a good segue into I mean, just a kind of a how to, to get started. If you want to, so I'm a developer, um, this all sounds really awesome. I'm really tired of doing all this crap manually. Like, how do I get started mm -hmm. um, trying out Fastlane and the tools in it? Yeah, there is a, there's a guide on the Fastlane GitHub repository that tells you how to set up Fastlane and its tools from a completely empty server. So it, this includes a Jenkins setup, installing the tools, installing all dependencies and so on. And I think that's a pretty good start. But if you just want to get started with one of the tools, like only deliver or only snapshot, which most people do, do actually, uh, there is always a quick start guide on the readme itself. So for example, on deliver, you can run deliver in it, which asks you for some basic uh, information like what account to use and it will create a configuration for you based on one of your existing apps. So you don't have to start from scratch. It will help you get started really quickly. The same for Snapshot. There is one example uh, project included in the lib sorry, included on the GitHub repository. And it will even have like uh, an example your automation script, which only launches the app and then takes one screenshot just to test it. Mm -hmm. Um, and what are the, the dependencies of setting up Fastlane? Uh, like what need, what else needs to be installed on either your developer machine or say your, your CI build agent? With the last few releases, I reduced the number of dependencies. Uh, so right now you only need Xcode. With Xcode built installed, so you need to launch Xcode at least once. And you need to install well, from then on, you can immediately install Fastlane and it will install all dependencies for you. So I think Xcode is the only requirement right now. And you mentioned that uh, you know some people are really only getting started with a couple of the tools. So there's really no lock into using the whole stack once you install Fastlane. Like you can kind of pick and choose what tools you want. Right. Even if you started implementing Fastlane, you can run individual tools. So you just run deliver in the current folder instead of Fastlane and it will just run deliver. Have you found that that's what a lot of people are doing or are most people buying into the basically the whole pipeline that you offer? Well, the problem is I don't know a lot about how people use the tools. Mm. <laughs> I have no kind of analytics or anything since this is sensitive data, of course, we are dealing with. Uh, I just know from GitHub issues or people like thanking me via email and telling me what they use it for. And most people use just deliver a snapshot or just sigh manually and fasting was just released recently and it's it's a bigger thing to implement so you you will need one or two days to have like the full thing set up so i think most people start with one tool 
and then if they like it, they will set up Fastlane. Right, and then and what about um, so like for the tools for delivering an app to the App Store and, and things like that, like can you just specify? Mm -hmm. Can you just point it at say like a .dot app or a .dot API file or .dot IPA file that that was built using some other process, or does it need to be built a, as part of like the the Fastlane process? Yeah, so the liver uh, asks you. Like on deliver, you have the deliver file, which stores the configuration. And one of the things you provide is a path to an API file. So, sorry, uh, IP <laughs> file. <laughs> and uh, since this is Ruby, it just calls a block. So that means you can, from then, run your build script. Deliver itself does not build your app. It would just require a path to, an, to the file. Um, yeah, I think most people using Shenzhen or Xcode build itself you can use whatever you want. And that's a good thing, like, it works with any kind of project. So if you have a Titanium project or Xamarin project, it works as well. So it doesn't really matter. Have you have you heard about a lot of people, I and mean, you mentioned Xamarin, and, and a lot of what we cover on this show is, is pretty Xamarin-focused, and a lot of the, our community mm -hmm. is pretty Xamarin-focused. Um, have, have you heard a lot from people in, in that community from using these tools? Well, yeah, there were two people asking if, if it works with Xamarin, mm -hmm. I said, yeah, as long as you have, as long as you can provide an IPA file, you're good to go. Yeah. I haven't heard back from then, so I can't tell if they were successful. <laughs> it should work. <laughs> well, you'll probably hear from me if things don't work. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so what about defining different workflows? I mean, I, I, obviously you have a, you could probably have a few different predefined paths that you might want to take when, when doing builds. I mean, maybe you want to just do your, your basic CI build to see if things work, or you want to do your build that pushes out to test flight, or you want to do a different build that, that takes that same, that the same app file and then pushes that out to the app store and maybe take some screenshots and stuff like what, what, um, configuration options does Fastlane allow to, to kind of customize those paths? Well, uh, you can define as many or whatever lanes you want. I'm just calling them lanes. So they are basically just uh, flows which are run. And if one of the build steps fail, the whole lane will fail. And you can use it for whatever you want. So f uh, my examples are like only testing. One is better distribution to test flight or hockey app or crystallytics, whatever service you use. And the last one is apps to distribution. Some people, like some companies, also use in-house distribution, and yeah. And after that, you usually send a Slack in the like a Slack message or hip chat message. Um, yeah, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and yeah. you mentioned um, you know hockey app and Slack and hip chat. Uh, are are those things that are kind of built into to Fastlane right now? Like, what is the extensibility model is? If say I'm using some service that wasn't even on your radar, and I wanted to kind of extend Fastlane, or maybe even contribute some sort of extension point back. Mm -hmm. There are right now there are I think fifteen built-in actions, and the nice thing is you can easily use your own actions, which are private. Like if you have your own for your own company, and there is one terminal command where you run Fastlane new action, I think, and it will create the action for you, and you just have to implement it. And if you think this is helpful for others, you can submit a pull request. And actually, a lot of the available actions are from other people using Fastlane. So for example, 
the Crashlytics integration or just recently the HipChat integration were provided by users of Fastlane. Mm. And I think it's pretty easy to start with your own integrations. And if you don't want to have a full integration, you can just run terminal commands or your own Ruby scripts right in the fast file in the configuration of Fastlane. So, yeah. So then what is that? I mean, it, it, it can be tough to talk code files on uh, an audio podcast sometimes, but I mean, at, at a basic level, what does that, that fast file look like that you just mentioned? Well, a fast file is also a Ruby file, just as all other configuration okay. files. And it is quite similar to a rake file. Um, so you have different lanes. A lane is defined just by lane, following by the name of the lane. And then you have a number of, of build steps you want to have. So for example, this looks like the first one says sci, then new line, next one says deliver, the next one says slack. So that's all of it. And you can provide additional configuration uh, after the name of each build step. So for example, for slack, you want to tell slack if the build was successful or not, uh, because it's displayed differently, of course. And the nice thing is each build step can communicate with the other build steps. So once a build step is run, it, it can store information in a shared context. And for example, this is used if Shenzhen builds the IPA file, it will store it, like the absolute path to the IPA file will be stored in the, in the context. Uh, the same for snapshot, it will store the path to the screenshots in the context. And deliver can then immediately access both the IPA file and the screenshots without you having to provide them. Hmm. I can imagine that makes for pretty clean looking uh, fast files then. Right, the fast file should be really easy uh, to look at and it should only like contain information, which tools to run, in which context and in which order. So if you were kind of looking back at, at all the tools that are in Fastlane so far, like. Is there any one of them that you would point to that you would say was the, the kind of hardest to build or the, the biggest pain? Uh, the most complex one is Deliver, I guess, since, well, it is the, the biggest one. It has over 100 unit tests and it looks quite easy from when you just look at it, I think. <laughs> and well, Fastlane was uh, difficult in terms to not breaking anything which existed and yeah. Cool. And I mean, like, so, like, where do you where do you see Fastlane going? Say over the next like six to twelve months. I mean, do you have any plans of turning this into any sort of paid product, or do you want to keep it at kind of the model that you have now? Uh, at first, we have to survive the next WWDC. <laughs> I hope nothing breaks. <laughs> uh, that that's the next big thing, I guess. And well, right now I'm I'm consulting. Uh, some companies helping them integrate Fastlane. Mm -hmm. And that's a great thing since uh, this also allows me to implement new features, implement new tools and, and maintain the whole library. Uh, people on Twitter ask me if this is my full-time job since there are a lot of GitHub issues and support requests coming in, people asking for features, improvements, or asking how to install this whole thing. and. There's a lot of things, like a lot of moving parts, a lot of documentation to keep up to date. And right now I'm pretty happy with it that I can work as a freelancer in this area and keep improving the tools. So I hope in the next six months there will be new tools. I'm currently working on 
one more tool. Uh, it is getting more difficult to come up with good tools, <laughs> like ideas. Most of the things are already implemented. That's a good problem to have, um, though. <laughs> yeah, another problem is like, what color do I use? Each tool has its own color. <laughs> and I already had this problem with the last tool, Produce. So I had to fall back to yellow, which is difficult to read, I think. <laughs> so I will need to hire a designer to give me some more colors I can choose, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Can you uh, share, yeah. or are you willing to talk about the next tool that you're working on? Well, it's probably about uh, signing certificates. So you have the signing certificate for development and, and distribution. And for some companies, it would be useful to create them also from the command line. This is not fixed yet. It's just something I, I think of. And maybe it will be implemented in the next few weeks. Cool. Are there any other, I mean, you mentioned that there's a lot of, you know, feature requests and support requests coming in. I mean, is there anything in particular that, that kind of stands out or, or any, any requests that are kind of more common than others? Well, people really look through the GitHub issues, the existing ones, and then subscribe to the ones they're interested in. That works pretty well, actually. One thing which might be interesting, I think, is Mac support. So right now, this is only iOS. But most of the things would work for macOS as well. And there are some adaptions that are needed. And I will probably work on this for a client who needs this for macOS as well. And have to ask it, um, what about Android? Has anyone approached you about that story? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, quite, quite some people actually. Uh, I <laughs> um, well, Fastlane, the, the, the gem itself, like the tool itself uh, is just like a task launcher. Uh, this would work for Android as well. But all the other tools are iOS specific. And most of the things my tools do are already available for Android. So for example, Google provides a Google Play console API to upload new builds, update app metadata and upload screenshots. So there is no need for its own tool. Uh, there is no such complicated thing as code signing, like not on that level. Uh, also, push notifications, you don't need a PEM file. And sc for screenshots, there is a great tool which is called Spoon. Uh, it's also full, fully open source and does basically the same thing what Snapshot does. Yeah, I, I guess the one thing that you could theoretically do with Fastlane is try and kind of hook into the hook into the Google APIs and all that sort of stuff like within the same, the same pipeline or same process or something like that. I can imagine people kind of wanting yeah. that, but... But yeah, I would definitely agree that there isn't there isn't the immediate need of needing to hack around web UIs and, and stuff like that with like you do with Apple, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. So what did we miss? I mean, we, we kind of talked about um, a whole bunch of stuff that, that comes in Fastlane, some things that are, are coming. Is there anything that we we kind of glossed over or or didn't or missed entirely? Uh, I think we covered all of the parts now. <laughs> cool. So then, I yeah, I, I think that's that, that's a really good place to kind of to close out. Um, but I, I would also just be curious, just as a, a general note, like, what do you have any recommendations for someone who's just kind of just getting started with automation and continuous deployment, especially in mm -hmm. uh, in the mobile world where where like we said, like most companies are are either just not doing continuous delivery and, and this sort of thing or or just or just trying to figure out how to do it because there's there's not a ton of information out there about it 
Yeah, so I think the first step for someone just getting started is continuous integration. So just running, like building the app and running the tests. So I, I uh, recommend using Jenkins on, on your own Mac Mini or whatever, uh, with the advantage of Fastlane uh, providing uh, reports, which can be used by Jenkins. So you will see the test results and Fastlane results right into Jen in Jenkins, uh, also the generated screenshots. And so you would start with a Jenkins job to just run the tests. And from then on, uh, you can start automating the things I just mentioned with, with the liver snapshot and then go over to really use uh, Fastlane to automate the full full process. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, I'm, thanks so much for, for taking the time out of your day to chat about this stuff, Felix. Thank you. It was nice. <laughs> All right. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time on Gone Mobile.